So today's message is entitled, Let It Go. I'm not going to sing a Disney song. You're welcome. Because one, Disney would probably sue me for infringing on their copyright or their trademark. But we live in a world that tells us to get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the lid. Our life is supposed to be this, especially in America, this idea of acquiring things and being making it better than you had it, getting to the next step and getting to the next level and making more money and having more things and all this, this idea of acquiring things. I like nice things. There was a while like last week when I, all, I wanted to have the newest whatever it was from Apple. I'm an Apple guy, in case you didn't know that. I drink all the Apple Kool-Aid. Next month is when typically Apple announces all their new things that are coming out. My computer is five or six years old. No, I think it's seven years old. And I, Apple will be announcing the iPhone 14. I only have an Apple iPhone 12. The Apple Watch uh, 8 is probably coming out. I have a 5. Because you get my handy hand-me-downs. Kara says I have a two. There are people in my family who have the iPhone 13, and I only have a 12, and I'm the dad. I'm the one who has the, the plan. I'm the one who pays the bill. And it's easy to get caught up in the acquisition of things. And it always seems that the thing we have is the thing that we used to want is now a thing that because we have it, we don't want it anymore. and We want the next best thing. We live a lot of lives like that every day. I want, I want, I want. But strangely, maybe not strangely, the call of God is to live lives of sacrifice to live lives open-handed, to give rather than to get. The other night I was, I took the girls, all the girls, all my children girls, all my lady girls, all my women girls, all my girls, little girls and big girls to the movies. And one girl was not interested in seeing the movie. And she was making it very plain in the movie that she was not into watching the movie. So after much frustration and begging her to be quiet, I took her out to the lobby so that the other girls could finish watching the movie. 
And while we were out there, I was playing with her, just so you know, it wasn't Kara. <laughs> Kara was happy to see the movie. And because Kara was happy to see the movie, I left her in there with the girl who was enjoying the movie. And I took the girl who wasn't enjoying the movie out to the lobby. And I was playing with her, talking to her, playing some music, trying to convince her to watch the movie, but she didn't want to. And while we were out there, a lady that I know here in town and a friend came into the theater and they were going to go see a different movie. And so she was super happy to meet this child. I guess I just told you who the child was. But she had seen all about the story on, on, our, on Facebook but had not met the child in person. So we were talking and I was talking to them about the story. And as often happens, people, they were expressing what great people Christy and I were and what heroes we were to go and rescue this girl from this war-torn country. And I can assure you that we are not heroes. I can assure you because I know Christy. And Christy knows me. And many of you know me and know Christy and know that we are not heroes. All that we have done is try to live a life of obedience to the call of God. When God asked us to do this, we wanted to say no. Christy said we should do it. She wanted me to tell her no, I didn't. We agreed that we would pray about it and ask people to tell us no, and no one would tell us no, and God made it obvious that it was yes. So all we did is be obedient. Because I don't want anyone to think that we're heroes because we are not. We fail every day at being parents to our children. Yesterday, I wanted to body slam one of my children through the, through the concrete because the child was not listening. And I know the rest of you would never think of body slamming a child or putting tape over a child's mouth or locking a child in the closet. I know none of you would ever think of that. But I try to be transparent with you. And what God has been teaching me is to let go. And when the person that we were talking to last night walked into the theater, I was like, God, remind me to be obedient. God, remind me to be obedient. Even when I'm frustrated that a kid doesn't want to watch a movie, when I'm frustrated that a kid's not listening to me. And then the person came back out because their tickets had worked. And so they were standing at the little kiosk trying to figure it out. And I go to the movies enough that I know how those kiosks work mostly because Kara taught me. So I was able to go over and help her. And she's like, maybe God brought you out here so you could help us. And I'm like, well, he could have done it a different way than making my kid not want to watch the movie. I didn't say that out loud. But I said to her, service above self, which is the rotary motto. But God has called us to serve rather than to be served. When I was a little kid, in Sunday school, I told you my grandmother was a Sunday school superintendent at my church. And then when my grandma got to be to where she couldn't do it, 
my aunt took over. And one of the songs we would sing practically every Sunday was called Joy. And I won't sing it because, again, you know, you don't want me to hear, hear me sing. But it goes, J is for Jesus, for he has first place. O is for others we meet face to face. Y is for you, and whatever you do, put yourself third and spell joy. So today I want to talk about giving our lives away and letting go of our anger, letting go of our desires, letting go of our frustrations, and instead living lives that are pleasing and honoring to God because God gave his son and let him go to live a life for us that was pleasing to him so that we could have a hope and a future in him. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, open with me to Luke chapter 6. Now, I'll remind you, those who might be new and those who are online, that I don't use a paper Bible because paper Bible text is too small for me, and I can adjust the size of my screen, and I can read it much more easily. That's why during the scripture reading, I stood down there because it's too far away from me, and I'm too vain to wear glasses. So, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to start at verse 24 of chapter 6. It says, But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. What? Love your enemies? Do good to those who hate you? I know you probably won't believe, but there are people out there who hate me. I was talking to a friend the other day, and when I was feeling called by God to go into the ministry, I was talking to some people that I knew and telling them about some churches that I was applying to be a youth pastor at. And there was a guy who took it upon himself to call the churches that I was applying to to let them know that I was not qualified to be a pastor because I had been divorced. Now, I want you to know, for those of you who don't know, I was married my wife had an affair. I sought reconciliation. She wouldn't have it. She divorced me. I walked through all the steps of reconciliation in the Bible, but she wouldn't have it. There was nothing I could do to save the marriage. And so every church where I was applying to be a youth pastor had a cover letter explaining the whole divorce situation and telling them if they thought, if they thought it would bring division to their church to consider me to not worry about because I didn't want to bring division to a church. But this guy, for some reason, decided that I was such a terrible person and so dishonest that he had to call these churches that I was talking about to tell them that I was divorced just so they knew. I never did anything to him as far as I know, but he was, for some reason, out to sabotage what I was doing. It was really hard to love him. But here God says, love your enemies, 
Do good to those who hate you. Verse 28, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek after, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Do you know how hard that is? I don't think it's the attitude of, is that as hard as you can hit me? Hit me again. I don't think that's the attitude here. But it's being willing, because of the sacrifice that Christ has made for us, to not demand our own justice, but to love. Give to everyone who begs from you and from one who takes away your goods. Do not demand them back. As you wish that others would do to you, do to them, do so to them. I think I've, I'm certain I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again because I think of it every time I read this passage. Uh, when I was a youth pastor back in the aughts, that's the mid 2000, well, it's 2000, but it's like 2003, 2000, yeah, it's 2003, maybe 2004. I took a group of kids to Montreal on a mission trip. And we were working hard every day, but Wednesday night we got to go have fun. Uh, and we went to a like a go-kart arcade place, kind of like Adventure Park USA. And on the way there, we were uh, turning left to go into the parking lot. And there was someone standing there with a the sign, you know, we'll work for food, need help, whatever the signs say, you all know what I'm talking about. Now, one of the kids in the back of my the van says to me, Pastor Phil, give this guy this money. And I'm like, why do you want to do that? We're going to this fun place where you need money, and you don't know what the guy's going to do with your money. He said, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to give. Let me pull the knife out of my heart that you just changed my whole thinking on giving to others. Full disclosure, I don't always give money to people who are holding signs because I don't always have it. But I give a lot more now than I did prior to that lesson that I was taught by a teenage boy. Verse 32, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil, but merciful even as your Father is merciful. So easy to just want to protect our stuff, and keep our stuff, and hold on to what we have and want more. But God has called us to live lives of service and live lives that are open-handed, there's another verse that tells us, what do you have 
that God has not given to you. The book of Job is that whole story. Satan comes to God and says, look at your servant Job. Everything, he only worships you because you've given him everything he could possibly want. And so God lets everything be taken from Job. Everything, like his whole life is ruined. Even his wife says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? But Job remains faithful to God. And because of his faithfulness to God, God restores to him more than he had before. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of light. We cannot outgive God. We cannot outbless God. We can't do anything more than God can do it. And He's called us to serve Him with our lives. How do we do that? We have people in our church who don't have a lot of money. Guess what? We can give faithfully from what little we have. When it comes to our money. But God has also given us time and He's given us talents. So we can give God our time. Maybe God is calling you to go visit nursing homes and spend time with people who are lonely, who don't have family to visit them. That doesn't take money. That doesn't take ability. It just takes a willingness to spend your time to invest in other people. Maybe God's given you a talent. Maybe you can knit or crochet. There are the CareNet Crisis Pregnancy Center in Frederick collects knit little crocheted and knit caps to give to families who have newborns at the hospital. Kara got one. When she was like eight, she found it and decided she was going to wear it again. You remember that? Do you remember it, Chris? I think we have a picture of you with it on. It doesn't have to be money all the time. More often than not, it's your time and your talents. It's your willingness to give of yourself To be available to God to use. Now here's where I'm going to go into a pitch real quick. The Morrises are leaving to go to Jordan. There's going to be huge holes in areas of service in our church that the Morrises have been filling for a decade. We've had some people step up and say they'll do them. But there are going to be things that they did that we don't remember that they did, and we're going to figure those out in the next month or so. Ms. Echo has a Sunday school class. And she leads worship, and Mr. Jeremy runs sound, manages the building. And other things they do that I'm not remembering off the top of my head because they've been doing them for so long. We're going to have to fill those voids. What can you do? Ah, Niseko also 
decorates the church. I say as I kick a jar with decoration. And Evie, sorry, Evie. Now I feel terrible. Evie's still going to be around, though. Right, Evie? This is the universal symbol for you. We're going to miss the Morrises, but we need the help. And there are other things that need to be done around our church. Maybe you don't have the money, but you have the time or the talent. God is calling us to live lives of service. At one time, when Kara was in elementary school, went to a, they were having a silent auction. And there was a lady there who was a psychologist who offered a free hour of counseling, and no one had bid on it. And that's a lot of money, an hour of counseling. So I did the minimum bid of five bucks, and I won it. And so I went to talk to her, and I discovered that people who aren't Christians don't understand how Christians think. Because I was talking to her about how I was so busy and how I had a hard time saying no to things. And her response to me was, well, you need to learn to take take care of number one and just think about yourself and take care of yourself first. Which sounds good, right? Look out for number one. Watch out for yourself. You have to protect yourself because other people will just use you and abuse you if you let them. And I'm not saying that that's not true. But because she wasn't a Christian, didn't understand this idea that God has called us to serve others and to give our lives away, not to be abused in a harmful way on a recurring basis, but to serve others, she was giving me bad advice. Now, I don't have to say yes to everything because everything isn't necessarily good in serving God. I need to serve God in the the way he wants me to serve him. But we need to get over this attitude, this idea that we have to acquire and collect it. It's all about me and us and what we have and instead give our lives away in service to Christ. Because there's no better place to be than in the center of God's will. Trust me, I've tried it the other way. I believe one of the main reasons I got my divorce was that I wasn't living a life that was pleasing to God. I was running from him. If you want to know how that ends, read the story of Jonah. It doesn't end well. But when we live lives in the center of God's will, saying, here I am, use me, help me to love my enemies, help me to give of myself, help me to let go of all my selfishness, of all my desires, of all my wants, of all my wishes, we will find ourselves blessed beyond measure. Little aside, when I was when I went through my divorce, 
some of the best advice I got from my pastor was stop trying to find Mrs. Wright. And instead, be Mr. Wright. I tried. Didn't work very well, but Mrs. Wright did come along. And she's all right. In the book of Psalms, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sitters, nor sits in the seat of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The wicked are not so. They are like the chaff, which is blown away. Let's delight ourselves in the Lord. Let's live lives open-handedly. Let's just let it all go and let God work in us and will in us to do the desires of his heart. And he'll bless us abundantly. Jesus said, I did not come. He said, I, sorry. He said, I came to give you life to the full. Doesn't necessarily mean a full wallet or a full bank account, but it means a full, whole life. A life of service to Him that's rewarded in ways beyond money, beyond fame, beyond glory. It's a life of service and sacrifice. And I want to give my life away to you and to this community, and I pray that you will do the same. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us and for letting us be a part of this kingdom. Pray that you would help us in this church to follow you always and that your service, service to you would be the desire of our heart, that we would give out of an overabundance of love for you. Pray that you would be with those who are sick, those who are hurting, be with, bring peace to Ukraine, bring healing, bring greater service in our lives. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's something that you're struggling with, if there's something I can help you with, if there's something that you feel God calling you to do, please talk to me about it. I'd love to help you in any way that I can. God's calling you to watch my kids uh, so I can not drop kick them out the window. Just kidding. I won't drop kick them out the window. Probably hurt myself. But if God's calling you in some way to do something for him, if I can help facilitate that, I would love to. Uh, I pray that you have a great day. God bless you. You are dismissed. 